Hey gorgeous, you are listening to the Live Courageously podcast, a show created just for you, the aspiring woman who's ready to take action and step into her courageous life. I'm your host, Nicole Coker, and my mission is to leave you feeling empowered to pursue your wildest dreams and equip you with the tools you need to live courageously. Hey love, welcome back to the Live Courageously podcast. Today is about to be intense. I am going to be sharing with you what inspired me to begin this podcast in the first place. Let me start out by saying that I have tried doing this before. I shared my story via a YouTube channel that I began about a year ago. I did about 10 episodes and guess who quit? Me not proud of it. (laughs) The initial response to my videos were actually pretty great. Um, There had been so many people that I had reached out to and they had reached out to me because they had experienced something similar in their lives that they either didn't understand or thought no one would understand them. It is so sad to think that what I'm about to tell you happens to so many women on the daily things that no one should ever have to face in their life. And it's people like me and you that need to tell our story in order to help people either avoid these mistakes or help them get through them. We are robbing someone of knowledge that we have if we don't speak up and share these things. So you're probably like, okay, what's the story? I need to know now. (laughs) So I hinted at this during my first episode that I had been in a toxic relationship for six years of my life from the time that I was 14 years old until I was 20. To put that into perspective, it began when I was in the eighth grade and I didn't find the courage to leave until I was a sophomore in college. Insane, right? You might be thinking, well, why was it so hard? You should have just broken up with him. Like, why did you stay in it for so long? And as an outsider looking in, I'd probably think the same thing too. But for all of my girls who have endured this type of toxicity or abuse in their relationships, you guys know exactly what I mean. It's pretty tough to just walk away. So I'm going to try to give you guys the most cut down edited version of the story because it was six years long so it's pretty long story and probably would take years to really dive completely in and figure it all out and really go through everything that actually happened because there's still sometimes some days I'll be doing something and something reminds me of it and I'm like wow that actually happened too I completely forgot about that. So there's just so many things that are in this story. There's just, it's a lot. So it would take forever for me to do the whole thing all the way out. No joke. We'll see. I don't know. Okay, so starting off with the whole thing, how I met him. So I happened to be um, best friends with his brother. His brother is the same age as me. And he was just maybe a year older than I was. Um he was in the grade above me because of the way our birth dates worked out. So I was still in middle school when he was in his first year of high school. So long story short, I was friends with his brother and we happened to go to 
this event that we have in our small towns of South Carolina. It was the trials, which is where they do the horse races. And me and his best friend, or I'm sorry, me and his brother were hanging out and he happened to come along. You know, we had talked while we were there and all that good stuff, nothing too serious or anything. But as I was leaving that day, he texted me randomly, I guess, that he had gotten my number from his brother. And that's kind of where the story begins. So we had been texting for a little while, calling each other, you know, the simple things that you do at the beginning of a relationship, right? And he had then asked me to go to the movies and we had our very first date and everything was literally perfect. Like I was head over heels, absolutely loved him. He was super sweet at the time and everything about him I just loved. And it was just something so special because I had never had like a very serious relationship. Of course, I've had, you know, the little middle school I'm your girlfriend for this week and then they break up with you and then you're somebody's girlfriend for the next week, that kind of thing. Nothing super serious, but this was different. It was a lot different from what I had been used to. So we talked for a while and we went to the movies and things were just working out. They were really great. And then I finally got into high school where we went to the same high school. So we had seen each other every day and was hanging out with each other like in between classes and after school before sports practices because I was crazy into sports. I did so many, but that's besides the point. I'll probably tell you guys about that later, but (laughs) um, we just hung out all the time whenever we could. We just loved being with each other and um, kind of being in each other's presence. So things sort of got a little bit weird, of course, whenever you get into high school and of course all the people there love to spread drama. And there were a few people who actually tried to get into in between us. At the time I was like, I don't want high school drama to tear apart something that I really, really love and like that I'm having so much fun with and I don't I don't wanna have to listen to all these people try to break me up with someone that I really like. There's a lot of stuff that I just kind of let fly because I'd seen it before. There's a couple people who did come to me at the time that I actually trusted, that I really didn't think that they would lie to me about something like that, but being naive and not listening because I cared more about, you know, the relationship that I was in, I also didn't take the advice of people who actually cared about me and I knew that was probably, you know, telling the truth. But I didn't want to listen to it. I don't want to hear it. So I let it go. So at this point, I was completely consumed. We started hanging out outside of school activities and spending lots of time together. Things then went totally south after my freshman year summer when he had went off to California to work with a family member or something of that sort. But when he came back, um, things did not really go well because of a certain situation that happened. 
he had actually broken his phone at the time. So I was not getting like your regular text messages or like phone calls. That was pretty tough, of course, after not seeing him for months and then his phone was broken. So I barely got to communicate with him then. And you know, whenever you're like totally in love, I'm doing quotation marks right now. Like you just always want to spend time with them. You always want to talk to them. It's like them, 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 right? His phone was broken, so I couldn't talk to him. He had come home, and then that Wednesday of that week, he came to see me on the Wednesday of that week. And we sat, we had just moved into a new house with my family. We were watching movies, had gotten something to eat, and just everything that I had missed was just connected right then and there. Everything came back, and I was like the most happiest person in the world. But then the next day, I didn't get any phone calls or text messages from him. Thought it was kind of odd because he always used his brother's phone to kind of like just make sure like good night, good morning, that kind of thing. But I didn't get anything. I was kind of like, okay, well, you know, maybe he's not with his brother or, you know, he's busy, whatever. I was like, okay, cool. And then the next day, I still didn't get anything from him. I started to get a little worried. I mean, at that point, I guess I was 15, I want to say. Yeah, something like that. I just, I didn't know what to do. So I was, you know, started to get a little bit worried. And then another day went by and I was freaking out. Have you ever had someone who you talk to constantly and then all of a sudden they stop talking to you? The worst feeling ever, right? So I had ended up getting a call from a friend of mine, my best friend. She said, hey, I don't know if this is him or not, but she had a police scanner um, at her home and she had been listening to it that day. It had said that three Hispanics had gotten into a car accident that was pretty bad, that they were rushed to the hospital. I mean, I'm sure they didn't get all that information, but from sort of remembering what happened because it's been a long time ago. Um, Anyways, basically I found out it was him that had gotten into this accident. And y'all, my world just felt like it was crashing down. Imagine not being able to talk, talk to someone and then you find out that they were in a terrible accident. Near fatal, by the way. The next day, I got my mom and we went up to the hospital and I took my best friend with me. I didn't know what to do, what to think, because I had no clue what had happened and how he was doing or anything. So, got to the hospital, went up the elevator, and we went to this lobby where there's so many people there. And all of it was his family because there was three people in the accident. Him, his brother, and then their best friend. His brother was there. Brother was fine. He literally only got a little cut in his hand from glass. But for my boyfriend, he had been rushed immediately into multiple surgeries. He literally was almost, he almost died because of it. So I went in and the brother was like, you only a couple people can go up into the hospital room at a time. Don't worry. He's doing fine. He has been put into a medically induced coma. I was like, what? A coma? I can't believe this. It's just mind-blowing. So, 
me and him had went up to the hospital room together and he was like, you can't cry. You can't do this. You can't do that because he may not be able to speak to you or see you, but he knows you're there. And like, oh my gosh, my heart was just pounding out of my chest. It was broken because I was like, oh my goodness, what if he doesn't make it? Like, you know, all the things you would be thinking about when someone special to you was in the hospital after a car accident that literally almost took their life. Um, But anyways, we went up there and it was just, it was hard because you are holding the hand of someone who you literally just a couple of days ago had been spending time with and you're holding their hand and there's just nothing. They're just there. And it was pretty tough. Um, But other than that, it was an interesting um, experience, I guess you could say. So anyways, after that, we went back to, went back downstairs. I had to wait for my mom to come back and pick me up. So there was a lot of people sitting there, a lot of his cousins and him. And then there was girls, there was guys there. There was a bunch of people I didn't know because I hadn't formally met any of his family except for his brother, of course, and his cousins. Um, but there was this girl sitting there and she was just kind of, you know, laughing with the cousins and whatnot. And as I was sitting there kind of waiting for mom, she goes, well, how do you know him? And I was like, well, I mean, I'm his girlfriend. She just kind of looked at me and I was like, you know, kind of looking back at her. And I was like, well, yeah, I'm his girlfriend. And she goes, well, I'm his girlfriend too. Y'all, imagine going to the hospital and seeing someone that you love so much not be able to speak to you because of injuries And you go downstairs before you're about to leave and you find out that his other girlfriend is sitting there also waiting for him to wake up. Yeah, it was devastating. I cried all the way home. It happened to be one of those rainy days and I was looking out the back of the car windows and I was just crying. And of course, my mom was like, well, what's wrong? Like, what's wrong? And I was like, he cheated on me. And I found out who he was cheating on me at the hospital. Like, how many times has this happened in the world? <laughs> it was pretty rough. And of course, when you tell your mom that, your mom's like, um, automatically, like, they they hate him. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's one thing. If <laughs> you don't want to tell your mom something, because whenever they tell, whenever you tell them or tell her, I mean, you do want to tell your mom things. Don't, don't take that wrong. But when you tell your mom about something, about someone that isn't good or hasn't been good to you in some way, they're like automatic, like hate, you know? So anyways, I didn't talk to him for a couple weeks because of course he was either in a coma or he didn't have a phone to contact me. He ended up texting me off of his mom's phone a few weeks later apparently this other girlfriend had told him everything because apparently this girlfriend knew his family way more than I did since he was sitting there with all of them you know so apparently she had told him everything he was apologizing to me and was like I'm so sorry that you had to find out like this and like honestly I can't remember exactly what was said but skipping forward a little bit because this is what I do remember I was on the phone with him I was the one begging for him to leave her and stay with me because it was something that I just really loved so much. And tip girls, do not ever 
beg for someone to be in your life. That was literally a terrible mistake on my part. And that's something, like I said, that I was going to be so real and honest with you guys because I know that that was completely wrong. But I was 15 and that was the one person that I spent all my time with and I loved every part of it. So I didn't want it to end. I begged him to stay with me. He did. He ended up staying with me. Little did I know, he also stayed with the other girl. Of course, I didn't know that at the time because apparently he had been a pretty good liar up until that point because this was the girl that all the people at school my freshman year were talking about. And at this point, I was going into sophomore year. So this person had been a part of his life as I was, you know, dating him during my first year of high school. So long story short, high school continues. And because I was so wrapped around his finger and, you know, I was a little skeptical of, you know, him and all the things that he had ever done. I was like, you know what? I don't know what to believe, but I have to believe you because otherwise my best friend and the person that I love spending time with is going to be gone. Like, I'm not going to have that anymore. And I didn't like that feeling. So there had been multiple other occasions that I'd heard people talking about, oh, he's cheating on you. He's still with that girl. And I continued just to let it go. I may have just been like, I know, but I don't want to know. Like, I don't want to accept it, I guess. But things really started to be worse once we hit sort of my last few years of high school because at that point I was dependent on him for happiness. Anything that he did, I was always there. If he wanted me to do this or do that, I would do it. Like basically he had full control over me at that point, but I guess I just didn't want to realize it or um, accept the fact that he was controlling every part of my life. But at that point, he was the only person that I ever wanted to be around. So it didn't matter to me. I wanted to make him happy in whatever way that I could. So I did whatever and kept going. And even though there was a time that this was a different occurrence and a different girl, my best friend, Natalie, Hey girl, if you're watching or not watching, listening, um, shout out to you because we would be in the library at our school. I don't remember how in the world I found out about it, but I knew that he was seeing this other girl in Georgia. I knew it. I had seen posts about it. I had seen him texting her, but yet here I was, um, kind of just I don't even know what to describe it as I, I'm at a loss because how in the world would you stay with someone knowing that they went to see someone else knowing that they took a flight to go to Florida I think she was living there at the time to see this girl like how dumb could you be to stay with someone I don't know but he kept telling me oh I'm gonna leave her soon I'm gonna just I'm going to do that. I'm going to do this. And I'm going to leave everybody for you. Don't worry. I just have to work it out and like tell everybody and like break up with them and blah, blah, blah. Like I just kept feeding into his lies. I just kept believing, believing, believing. So anyway, 
back to the library. So Natalie was sitting there and she was on Facebook, I guess. And I wasn't too um, active on social media, I think at that point. I don't know. It's been a little kind of like on and off, but she had been on Facebook and she had saw a photo of him and this other girl, I guess at some soccer event. I don't know. He played soccer, but, um, I guess he, she had tagged him in it. So they were friends on Facebook or Instagram. I can't remember what post it came off of, but they were, um, friends on there and it had popped up and she was like, Nicole, do you know that he's like going and seeing these other girls? And oh my God, I, I don't even know if Natalie, I don't even know if I told you the story, but I knew it. I knew the whole time and I just kept pretending like he was gonna end it with everyone else and all of this stuff. But girl, I'm so glad you were there and so glad that you were looking out for me because I needed somebody to look out for me because <laughs> I wasn't looking out for me. Um, but I knew the whole time that he had been going and seeing this other girl and I just kept thinking that he would officially end it at some point. What really got me, there was, I mean, there's a billion stories I could tell along the lines of like all of that. There's so many different instances. There was probably three to four girls that he was either talking to, cheating on me with. There was people from our school that he had hooked up with and I was finding out because I was you know, acting as a super detective and everything, going through his phone and like figuring out his passwords and going through and finding all of this stuff and how many people he was talking to. Um, but there had been this time, this is an interesting story. I just want to throw this one in there because it's actually, uh, crazy to think about. It's so wild. I just want to tell you guys all the wild stories that I have because there was a billion other ones, but I'm gonna tell you the good ones. So, <laughs> I I think it was about Christmas time at this point. He had told me that his family was going to North Carolina because they have some family up there and that's where they were going to spend Christmas and New Year's. And you know, of course, like the boyfriend that you love and you spend so much time with and you want to be around, he's going to be in North Carolina for the holidays. That's sad. Like that was sad for me. So I was super upset that I wasn't be able to ring in the new year, of course, with him. But I just was kind of around the house, like doing whatever. And I decided that I was going to go to the mall. And I went by myself and I just wanted to walk around, see what kind of special deals they had, you know, typical. And I was walking through the mall. I saw because, you know, I've, I don't know everybody's mall is different but our mall in particular had benches in the middle along like the whole entire like I guess big hallway and I had seen there was a bunch of people there because it was like Christmas time right and I was walking by these two people I was looking at the back of their heads and I was like man they look so familiar like I just feel like I know who this is and um, because he had this brown, like, wavy hair. I mean, it was cut short, but, like, he had a very specific, like, hairstyle and hair type. So, I was looking, and I was, like, walking by, and I was kind of looking, kind of side-eyeing, side-eyeing him. And then I turned, and as I was walking by, I kind of, you know, did that little look-over-the-shoulder thing. Y'all, this fool 
was sitting in South Carolina in the mall, not 30 minutes away from me when he was supposed to be in North Carolina, sitting in the mall. And I'm like, uh, what are you doing here? And he was like sitting with some of his guy friends, right? And he looked like his face was like white, just white. (laughs) And I was like, what are you doing here? Like, what is, what? I thought you're supposed to be gone. And he goes, she's here. She's in the Victoria's Secret. The girl that you know about that I was seeing, like, she's here. I, I, I need you to, I need you to leave. And I was like, are you kidding me? So what you mean to tell me is you drove or she drove, I don't know, all the way to Florida or all the way to South Carolina, whatever, however it worked out. Well, you told me you were going to be in North Carolina and you're here 30 minutes away from me with another girl. The audacity. (laughs) That's what I was thinking at the time. Well, probably more so now because I was like, this boy he was crafty. <laughs> but anyways, yeah, so he literally had brought her down here and him and her were staying at his house by themselves for the entire Christmas. And I was just, oh, I was at that time, I was the person that was not con- confrontational, I guess you could say. And I was like, in my brain, I really wanted to go in there and be like, so this is the girl that he's been spending time with. But I was not as confident as I am now in myself. So my little self tucked my tail under and went to my car and (laughs) was just sitting there. I was like, I cannot believe that this boy is literally sitting here with another girl in the same state as me. He only lived like 10 minutes away. So living with this other girl 10 minutes away from me. Wow. What do you do about that? So I was in the car and he had ended up texting me and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like, this isn't supposed how it's supposed to be. And I just, I, I promise that it's going to end after this. It's going to be over. And oh my God, I don't know how many times that I've heard that. If you ever hear that a billion times, you know something wrong. But anyways, I was just like, whatever. So I went home and that was one of the stories that I remember, I don't, I think I was, yeah, my last couple of years of high school or whatever. And I continued to stay in that relationship. Even despite stuff like that, I stayed. That is not okay. It was not okay. I was allowing him to take advantage of me in different ways and seeing him with these other people, but turning away and just trying to ignore it. That's something you should never do for anybody. If they don't love you enough to make you the only person in their life, they do not love you, no matter how many times they try to tell you. I didn't know that at the time, and I thought that he did and thought that he was going to stick with his word and do what he was supposed to do, but he didn't. He never did. So, anyways, years later, fast forward a little bit when I'm going into college And by this point, I was so dependent on him. I literally was with him every day. I paid for his gas. I paid for his food. Anything we did, I paid for because he couldn't keep a job. Another one, do not stay with someone who can't keep a job because he likes to fight. Don't do that. That's not good for you. (laughs) They'll never be able to support you. 
Um, but yeah, I was working like three jobs and doing all my sports and everything. Like I was literally super hardworking and to think back and think about all the things that I was a part of and knowing that I was in a relationship like that, like I only imagine what I could have done if I hadn't been held back by him at that point in my life. But it's fine because I'm here today and I have so many things to tell you now and so many things that I had to learn from and now that I can share with you. So in the end, God knew what he was doing. It's going to be great. It's going to be fine. So anyway, in college, I was going to Clemson. Like I said in my first episode, I went there and graduated from there. But going into Clemson, I was, I was scared because I didn't have a whole lot of friends because I spent all my time with him. And going into college, as soon as I left, he was like, you're going to need to send me a picture of what you're wearing every day. And I'm going to need to know who you're talking to. And I'm going to need you to call me after every class and blah, blah, blah. Like, y'all, y'all, no, there should be no reason that you were having to call someone after every class. There should be no reason that somebody is telling you what to wear and how short your shorts can be or how your top look, whatever. No one should ever tell you how you, unless it's your mama or your daddy, okay? Because you need to listen to them. Because sometimes things are a little inappropriate for younger children. You, you know what I mean. I'm just saying, don't let ever let somebody who you're supposed to be in a relationship with tell you how you're supposed to carry yourself, wear, whatever. No, that's not how a good, healthy relationship should go. You shouldn't allow someone to do that. But anyways, he was telling me all these things that I had to do because I was his boyfriend and he thought that I was going to be unfaithful and because I'm going to college and like all these guys are going to be there and he thought that I was going to stoop to his level. Boy, it has been how many years? Four at this point, I believe. After everything you've done, I have been the one that's been faithful, not doing anything behind your back. Yeah, you don't have anything to worry about, but his narcissistic way of thinking wouldn't allow him to let me be me. It had to be his way or the highway. So I went to college and literally came home every single weekend because either he wanted me to or I was homesick because I was missing him because that's all I've ever known since the last four years. And I honestly feel like those years of college were just... I wish I could have them back because there could have been so many things that I could have done, so many people I could have met and been friends with and been a part of all these different things had I not been held back by something like that. But luckily for me, there was a sophomore year in college where I applied for this RA position. At first, I got put on a wait list. So I was like, man, I don't know what I'm going to do because I had been working at the Chick-fil-A on campus and I woke up at like 6 a.m. every day to go make biscuits and then go to class. Like it was crazy because I could not not have a job. Um, I had been working three while I was in high school. So I like to have money to be able to do things that I want to do. And, you know, I had somebody else to support because he was wanting to come up here and I had to drive down there and it was like two and a half hours from where I live. So that's gas money. But Anyway, I had applied for the shop and originally I got waitlisted. So I was like, okay, well, I guess I'm just going to work at Chick-fil-A, you know, fine, whatever. But then over the summer of that, of my, of going into my sophomore year of college, 
they told me, hey, we have a position open. Would you like to accept it? And I was like, uh, yeah, because you got like a free meal plan and like some other stuff. I can't remember what else, but I got all these things and I was like, uh, yeah, that's way better than waking up at 6 a.m. and having to put on this uniform and like not lose sleep after I was already losing sleep because of architecture. So I had went in and started this new job and I had to start, I had to go to campus two weeks early than everyone else because we had this huge training that we had to do. He, of course, didn't like that. And he actually came up there and stayed with me the entire time because he thought that I was going to see someone else or find someone else. So literally after every training, I went home and there he was. But at that point, even though he had done all these different things, like I was sort of over it. But at the same time, again, dependent on happiness, dependent on having a friend up there, dependent on having someone that wanted to spend time with me. I was like, okay, whatever. So after he would literally text me the entire time we were in the training, like, is it over yet? Is it over? Because he was just sitting at my apartment, like doing nothing. Anyways, he like sat there through all of that. And then finally he went back, but things had gotten way worse with the fact that he was calling me constantly trying to figure out what I was doing, why I wasn't texting him, even though I was in class or at a staff meeting or whatever, nothing going on crazy behind his back but he swore that I was I just remember this one time this is when things really hit the fan um I had been walking back from something I don't remember what I was doing but um had this is one of the things I forgot I forgot to mention the RA group that I was with y'all absolutely phenomenal phenomenal Matter of fact, this podcast is going to be dedicated to all of my RA friends and staff that I was on with that year because you guys are the people that supported me in so many ways that you probably don't even realize that you had. You guys are the reason that I initially found the courage to actually leave. So this podcast is dedicated to my RA staff for my sophomore year of college under um, Arnold and all of my great friends there. You guys know who you are. There's like 20 plus of them. So I can't name them all to try to make this as short as possible. So I love you guys so much, but this goes out to you because you guys are great. Um, So this one person on my staff in particular, this is just a moment that I remember because it was kind of a turning point a little bit in this whole thing I had been walking back it was dark and we had I think it was a staff meeting we were at because they were always super late at night like 9 30 to like 11 which was insane we had been walking back there was like on-call nights and people had to walk our community to help you know see if there's anybody you know who need help or something suspicious going on whatever it may be but Richard a guy on our staff had walked me back to my apartment and as we were walking back my boyfriend had been calling me and calling me and calling me and me and Richard were having this great conversation because we had just gotten finished, I think, watching, oh, I don't remember what it was and I wish I did, um, but it was something like a super good documentary on, some. I think it was like a rape case on one of the campuses. I slightly remember. I, I don't know, but we were having a really good conversation about it. 
my phone was just blowing up because he was texting me and calling me. I guess trying to figure out where it was because it was pretty late. I didn't want to stop the conversation with Richard in order to answer the phone because to me that was going to be rude because he was really passionate about this particular topic um, and I just didn't want to be rude. And finally, like my phone had been blowing up so much. I was like, Richard, I, I really need to take this. I picked up the phone while Richard was standing there and oh my gosh, I got cursed out because I wasn't answering the phone. I was called all of these just terrible things, which I had been called throughout the entire relationship. But imagine someone being on 10, like super mad, cursing, like throwing a fit because I didn't answer the phone. And Richard was standing there through it all. And (laughs) I think that was when Richard figured out that I was not in a very good situation. But anyways, that's kind of where the turning point was because I was like, I'm not about to do, I'm just not, I'm not going to stop my conversation with someone who is actually bringing some sort of value into my life to answer the phone, to hear you listen or hear you curse me out. Like I'm I'm not, I just don't want to do that. So at that point in the relationship, I started like this whole time, the whole time I knew that all the things that he was doing was wrong. And I was wrong for letting it happen. I was like, I was fed up. I was like, you know what? I don't have to take this. I don't have to listen to this. I don't have to do this. I really don't. Because now, I think in the beginning, the reason I didn't want to leave was because I had no one. I felt like I had no one. But now I had 22 people who were very open-minded and had taught me so many things about the world and we had so many great conversations and I just knew that it had these people behind my back. I knew they had me. I just felt so much better knowing I had a great group of people that I know would help me through anything. And ultimately, after several occurrences of him like cursing me out on the phone or calling me constantly while I was sitting there trying to have a conversation with my RA friends, I would get a call and have to walk out because he would be like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So a lot of them that I was with, the more closer group that I had within the RA group definitely noticed. And they had sat down to talk with me about it sometimes. They were like, you know, like, you don't have to do that. You could just leave, like, you know, that kind of thing. At this point, I was going into Christmas where we went for home for Christmas break. And I was just so just, I think because I had been in this RA group where we talked about what toxic relationships were. We actually went through processes and I was like, I was sitting in one of the um, different events that we had and Richard and he had brought in like some of our counselor people and they were given a presentation on is your relationship healthy or not? And we did these couple of exercises where it was like toxic versus like healthy. I was noticing that everything that I had experienced in my life was on the toxic side. And this was the first time that it really hit me. I was like, oh my gosh, my entire relationship has been like terrible and I was just ignoring it. And here I am years later in an RA event, we're talking about relationships and all I can put anything that I've ever experienced was in the toxic side. How sad is that? Super. So I'd went home for Christmas break after, you know, having all of these 
open-minded views and conversations with all of these people that are just so special to me. I love them all so much. Um, so I got home and at this point I was like living in his house with his family. Loved his family, by the way. His, his mom, his brother, his, his entire family, all but him was just fantastic. Love their food. It was amazing. Anyway, I had been laying in bed and he was laying beside me. And I mean, this, it was it was like a little bit after Christmas at this point. And he had been texting someone and he thought that I wasn't awake, but I could see his phone and he was texting and he was sending these girls different messages that I'm not going to repeat because it's not PG at all. And I was laying in bed that night and I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm done. I'm done. And I laid there and I was just thinking about all the different things that had been going on through this entire relationship. And I was like, you know what? This is it. So I went to bed because the next day throughout Christmas break, I was a workaholic. So I literally worked every break that I had. So I had to work at Chick-fil-A the next day. Um, and in my brain that night, I was sitting there. I was like, I'm not doing this anymore tomorrow because I had a bunch of stuff over at his house that since I basically lived there and I was like tomorrow I'm gonna come home because he happened to have a job at this time so I was gonna get home before him I said in my brain I'm gonna come home and I'm gonna gather everything that's mine and I'm gonna get in my car and I'm gonna go home I'm not I'm done I'm not doing it anymore so the next day I got up pretended everything was okay so there would be no red flags nothing weird so I gave him a kiss on the head and I was like, I'm going to work. Went to work the whole day. I was just amped. <laughs> I was sitting there and I think somebody had asked me something about him that day. And I was like, I don't know. I don't care. I'm breaking up with him like today. And they were like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm over it. I'm done. So that whole work day, that's all I could think about. So I went home after my shift and I was like going in there like a crazy person. I was like, I have to get all this stuff out before he gets home because if he gets home, things are getting nasty because he was the type of person that if he got angry, he would like punch walls and like pin you down and like be yelling in your face and spit in your face, which has happened to me before. So my goal was to get in and get out. So his brother happened to be there when I got home. So I was like, okay. And he was like, well, what's going on? What's going on? And I was like, I'm leaving. Like, I can't do it anymore. And he had saw him do multiple things of like grabbing me and yelling me, yelling at me and things like that. So he knew exactly what I was going through. So he was like, hey, I am going to help you. So he helped me get all of my things and pack into my car. And the one thing I do remember about that day was that his mom had came home right when I was just about to finish. And she was like, what's going on? And she was Hispanic, so she couldn't quite speak English that well. Um, but I was like, I can't do it anymore. I can't. I can't. And she knew exactly what I meant because throughout this relationship, his parents knew that he was not treating me right. Knew everything because they didn't. he didn't treat them right. He didn't have respect for anyone. And she was like starting to get teary-eyed. And I was like, please, no. <laughs> like, I can't. <laughs> Um, it was pretty sad because I, again, adored his family. Everything was perfect about them except for him. Um, but anyways, I left and that day I had called my Nana and I told my mom, I was like, Hey, I'm done. I'm coming home. And that was that. They were like, I'm all for you. I'm here. And my Nana had come over to my house because she had been previously, 
um, a police officer. So I just wanted to have somebody there that knew what to do in case he did try to come in, you know. Um, but I sent him a text message and I was like, hey, I saw what you were doing last night. It's been happening for years. I'm, I'm done. I'm not coming back. I've got all my stuff. So don't text me. Don't worry about me. After this, I'm blocking you and that's it. That's how it's going to be. And that was it. I have not been with him ever since. I have run into him on occasions. And to me, like, this is something I'm not very proud of. Because to be done with something like that, but then to, like, be, like, lenient or whatever and, like, have them on Snapchat or whatever and still talking to them every once in a while as a friend, um... I sometimes I'm like, why am I doing this? And if you're out there and you've gotten rid of someone that's been toxic in your life, but you're still allowing them to like talk to you and stuff, it's not good for you. Um, I've had to learn that myself because I feel like every time if, cause usually he'll reach out to me and to be nice, I'm like, Hey, how's it going? But every time it ends up into the conversation about something that went on in our relationship and how I was just unsatisfied with everything. So it was just sort of pointless. Like there's no point in talking to them because there's nothing to fix. There's nothing to do because they've already wasted however much time of your life and you need to move on. Like you need to be able to say, hey, I'm done and move on. Hopefully you are able to do that better than I have been, but I've been better about it because it's been a couple years now since I officially gained that courage to really leave. Anyways, so now that you know my story, you know why it's crucial for young girls to know that they should never allow someone to consume that much of their life to the point they're dependent on that person for happiness. Like you should always focus on yourself and being confident in who you are before you try and give your love to someone else because it just... It doesn't work whenever you don't have that same self-respect and love for yourself. Um, So with that being said, I wanted to leave you guys with a couple things um, that you can implement in your life if you are dealing with some sort of relationship that isn't quite healthy. But I know that some people don't actually know that they are. So first, you need to identify if a relationship you are in is toxic. So this can mean you are being told what to do, what to wear, how to act. Um, It could be that you're being asked or forced to do things you do not want to do. This person could be calling you mean things or demoralizing you. Um, It could be they are physically, mentally, emotionally abusive towards you. This person acts out of anger and after he or she um, hurts you, he or she tries to apologize and promise it won't happen again, even though clearly it will. Um... It could be that they may be trying to keep you away from your family and friends. They cheat, they lie, try to blame you for their actions and always saying it's because of you I did this. There were so many times in my relationship that anything that he had did wrong, like seeing other girls, whatever, he always tried to blame me for it. Like it was my fault. Um, so if somebody's trying to blame you for something that clearly isn't your fault, there's something wrong. But ultimately, the whole issue with this is if you're in a toxic relationship, they're just trying to take advantage of you in any possible way. So if you have related to any of this that I've said in this entire podcast episode, the next thing that you need to do is 
you need to find that person or group of people that you know has your back no matter what. So for me, at that point in time, it was my RA group. I knew I had all of them. All of them would back me in whatever way that I needed. And they were all there supporting me whenever I finally like had to take away that huge part of my life. They were there to fill the gaps. So you need to find someone that you know you can feel secure with and you can confine in, whether it's a close family member or friends, people, anybody that will know that you're aware or know that you are struggling with something. They just need to know. And then having those people by your side through all of it is key so that you know you have people to really just cling on to whenever you're losing something that was once a huge thing in your life. So then finally, once you've identified the people you feel safest with, girl, it is time to gain the courage to walk away. It will not be easy. It will never be easy, but you have to stay strong and you have to find that courage to do it. You're going to have to remove this person from your life completely so that you don't have, so they don't have control over you anymore. Take them off your phone, your social media, whatever you need to do to completely just disconnect from them is going to be the best way for you to not only get past it and get through it, but to heal from it as well. So these things can be tough, but I promise once you get away, you will feel so free and so empowered to really start doing what's best for you and fulfilling your purpose in life. Because once I left that situation, y'all, I have done so many things. That was um, my first year that I started um, competing in pageantry. I've started all these different things. Basically, once you leave, it's like such a weight lifted off your shoulder. In the end, I fully believe in you. Because I've stayed in this relationship for so long, I have so much knowledge on this topic in particular and how I had to start leaving my comfort zone to get back into the world to make an impact. God put me through this tough situation, not only to teach me that this is not how I should be treated, but also to have a story to tell other young girls and letting them know they are beautifully and wonderfully made and no man should ever tell you how you should feel or what you should wear or anything. I feel like one of my callings is to share this message and my way of doing this is through this podcast. So the question is, what have you been through in your life that God can use to help better the world? If you want to find out, join me next time as we talk about how you can determine your calling in the next episode. I am so appreciative that you have made it this long. I know this podcast is going to be a little bit longer than the rest, but in order for you to really understand why I'm here and what kind of message that I'm trying to help put out in the world and help other girls get through and move past that and talk about goals and dreams, like that's something that I really want to do with this podcast. And without the story, you will never truly understand. So I just thank you so much for sticking with me throughout this entire thing. Um, I hope that I've helped you in some way, whether it's understanding what to look for in your friends if you see something like this happening or if it's happening to you. So my challenge for you today is to really take a look at your relationships and see if any of them are unhealthy in any way. And hopefully you can work towards making sure that you are safe and secure and that no one is 
telling you who to be because girlfriend you have so many things that you have to offer to the world and you can't let nobody hold you back hey girl thank you so much for listening and allowing me to be a part of your journey and living your courageous life I am so incredibly grateful you are here, and if this podcast has brought some value into your life, please share it with your friends or someone you know who needs that extra encouragement today. If you are feeling extra inspired, please head over to iTunes and leave me a five-star review. I love you all so, so much, and until the next episode, remember to always live courageously.